Hello and good day. This is the Bible Bard. A bard is a storyteller who recites traditional texts associated with a particular oral tradition. I'm here to recite and to amplify what the literature of the Bible says about who is God and who are human beings. Here's the place we're at today in part two of our subject, How the Bible Was Written. The Bible is a compilation of 66 individual books written by over 40 authors over a period of about 1600 years, beginning about 1500 BC and ending about 100 AD. In the 39 books that form the content for the Old Testament, different persons, people groups, nations and empires, different religions and philosophies all march past the reader. The content for the Old Testament was composed during the rise and fall of the historic empires of the past, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, among others. This podcast, part two, answers the question, how is the text of the Bible actually composed? Let's look at several places where the text answers this question. In Joshua 24, verse 6, the text reads, quote, be very careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left." Unquote. Comment. Joshua is the sixth book of the Bible, following the five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The book of Joshua and many subsequent books provide commentary on the five books of Moses. In Joshua's case, he argues that the promises written in Moses about the ancient Hebrews receiving an inheritance in the promised land have been fulfilled. In Joshua 23, verse 14, the B and C parts, this text states, quote, You know with all your heart and soul that not one of the good promises of the Lord your God gave you in Moses has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. This becomes a constant theme in most of the other books, that God makes promises at one time and later in the future fulfills them. This theme of fulfilled prophecy is a reminder of who God is. He is the faithful God who lives above and outside of time and offers the proof of the genuineness of the text. As readers, we must decide whether we are convinced by this pattern, prophecy proclaimed, prophecy fulfilled, or we reject this textual evidence as an elaborate deception practiced over 1600 years by generations of the Jewish keepers of the content. As noted in the document, How to Read the Bible, available in the biblebard.org slash store tab, the literature of the entire Bible can be divided up into the following categories, law, history, poetry, prophets, gospel, and church. In each of these categories, God makes and fulfills additional promises. The text found in one section is referred to in another, each validating each, which might be suspicious if written by one author over their lifetime. But the Bible was written by 40 different authors over 1,600 years. This textual validation is proof that this document, the Bible, comes to us as a revelation from outside and above human calculation and can only have been composed with supernatural alien guidance and superintendence. The fact that after the first five books of Moses, we have in the Bible commentary on those books, additional material that adds historical, poetical, and prophetic content, this fact is not arguable. 
Different authors in different centuries added new material that provided historical content from the author's own time, mixed with prophetic material for some future time. For example, in the book of Daniel, the angel Daniel is talking to, when Daniel says to him he doesn't understand what he's writing down, says to Daniel in chapter 12, verse 9, quote, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end, unquote. In our time, we believe we have the historical perspective now to understand the prophecy the angel gave Daniel. And much has been written about this book, which contains references to technology and events that a person who lived many years ago, 2,300 years ago, I think, could not have imagined. Almost every book in the Bible can be dated based upon historical events that it relates. The prophecies contained in almost every book are often found historically fulfilled in other books in their references to historical events during that time. What is fundamental to reading and understanding the Bible is getting clear who the Bible states God is and what he is like and who human beings are. This is why the Bible Bard concentrates on providing the clear, undisputed biblical texts that make these declarations. If you listen to the podcast or you read the podcast transcripts, you gain a perspective that brings all of human history and your personal history into your understanding. What is more important uh, than understanding history, prophecy, and the plan of God in time is just knowing God himself. Everything in life falls into place once you know and become devoted to God alone. Devotion to him produces in you the ethics and morality that the study of ethics and morality can never impart. Devotion to God is superior to sacrifice, offerings, prayers, gifts, and everything else theology describes. Devotion to God overcomes everything that the study of doctrine fails to impart. If you are rightly devoted to God, you do not need anything else in order to live your life in the world, for he is with you. And he says he will never leave or forsake you. Scoffers who do not believe in the supernatural say that many of the Bible prophecies made at one date, which were later specifically fulfilled at a future date, are lies. In effect, scoffers think that the Bible's redactors, who lived after a prophesied event, edited the previous text to postdate the predictions so it would appear that there was a supernatural communication. Most classes in religion continue to promulgate this speculation as fact in our universities. This would be, if true, an enormous conspiracy theory that would have had to occur over many human generations during the 1600-year writing period of the Bible. Editors from many generations would, without knowing each other, have had to seize on hundreds of texts, change hundreds of copies of Bible components spread across the known world to make such a conspiracy successful. If you do not believe in the supernatural, this is a convenient way to account for occurrences in history that clearly appear to be supernatural. Upon reading the text, every reader of the Bible has to make a decision about the truthfulness of the text. Did Jesus truly heal a leper by touching him? See Luke chapter 4, verse 12. Did Jesus heal a paralytic who is carried before him 
in a great crowd. See Luke 5, verse 24. Did Jesus raise the dead? See Luke 7, verses 14 and 15. Did Jesus drive a demon out of a man who was mute? See Luke chapter 11, verse 14. Jesus' opponents, called the Pharisees, they witnessed these events, the text states, but they did not want to attribute them to the work of God because that would validate the teachings of Jesus, which were against them. So they said in Luke chapter 11, verse 15, by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he, Jesus, is driving out demons, unquote. The opponents of Jesus had to acknowledge the supernatural nature of his healings during their lifetime. But instead of acknowledging that God did it, they attributed Jesus's healings to the work of anti-God, the devil. Of course, this maneuver doesn't help the modern-day scoffer because it still acknowledges the supernatural. If there is a devil, why can't there also be a God? And most of all, if there is a supernatural, why can't the Bible's account of it be true? This is the way the Bible bard works. Brief recitations, closely focused, no distractions, no rabbit trails. Follow the Bible Bard on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Send the Bible Bard any question or remark you care to offer to BibleBardUS at gmail.com. Glad to hear from you.